This episode is brought to you by unboundbox.com, U-N-B-O-U-N-D-B-O-X.com. We're so excited to share this brand with you. We think it's really important that as we enter into our 30s, just get older, that we are more in touch with with what brings us pleasure. Um, It's something that we normally don't talk about, right? It's kind of weird, but it's not and we should talk more about it. So Unbound Box sends curated boxes discreetly to your door once every three months. And I know you just received your first mm-hmm. Unbound Box. Which so one? what's in the box is there's a bunch of different boxes online. You can get the period box, you can get the booty box, you can get the basics box, you can get a lube box, you can get a BDSM box if you're looking to do something like that. But basically each one of these boxes is curated with an idea in mind to bring you closer to pleasure. I just got the pheromone box. So it has a really nice scrub that has pheromone scents in it. Um, It has a bunch of different oils. There's lubes and stuff in there. So a lot of these are sex related, which is so fun, so exciting because I know, you know, if you've been dating someone for a long time or if you're single, your sex life is super important to you. So keeping it exciting and keeping it interesting is amazing. And having a discreet box sent to you every three months with something new and something fun couldn't be better. So we love, love, love Unbound. They're feminist. They are badass women that are doing amazing things and helping us connect deeply with ourselves in a more amazing way. So we're excited to share a discount code with you for 20% off of your Unbound box, unbound.com. And you can use the code almost 30 for 20% off. Yeah, we love them. So let us know what you think. Join our secret Facebook group and let us know which box you get. All right, love you guys. Enjoy. You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast. It's Lindsay Simsick and Krista Williams. Hello. Hello, guys. Welcome, Almost 30 Nation. We're so glad you're here. So glad you're here. And if you're new, welcome to the Almost 30 Podcast. We are a podcast that talks about life's transitions. So um, we give you all the tools you need. We make you laugh. We just basically keep it as real as possible. So, so happy to see our old friends here. And for our new friends, welcome. And you can join our secret Facebook group. We'd love to have you in there. We're waiting for you. So search Secret Almost 30 Podcast group on Facebook and we will accept you. So this week, uh, hands down, is like one of my- Jaw drop. I actually was thinking about this for a long time after we recorded. We have on Danielle Dubois and Whitney Tingle of Sakara. So if you don't know Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A, it is a plant-based meal delivery service that is making healthy eating sexy as fuck. So Mm -hmm. their branding and marketing is actually goals. It's clean. It's beautiful. The font, the typography, everything you know about Sakara is basically you see something and you know it's Sakara. So I've been googling and gooing over the Sakara Life brand for a long time and and Lindsay and I got to try their food recently. I mean, it's a game changer. The the quality of the food, mm-hmm. the unique, amazing recipes are are meals that I've never, ever eaten before in a meal delivery service setting. And I'm obsessed. I felt so light, so clean, so energized. I love, love, love Sakara Life. So it was a joy and a pleasure to talk to these girls about how they started their business, their relationship back in New York. They were roommates, Danielle was a former model and actress who was struggling with yo-yo dieting, um, going to extremes, and Whitney was battling uh, cystic acne, stressed out as fuck on Wall Street, um, both badass women who absolutely met for a reason, and Sakara Life was born out of how they were helping each other to become more grounded and healthy and in their bodies. I loved how in this episode, we talk a lot about gut health and the microbiome. So I know that in LA, a lot of people are talking about probiotics and how to keep your gut healthy and how gut health affects everything. It affects your mood, your skin, your weight. So we go into detail about the importance of gut health and why you really need to pay attention to it. We also talk about starting a business. So using the struggles that they had when they both were at low times and really formulating that to create something that helps them in the process, but also helps others. So I love Sakara Life's focus on really helping people feel better through food. 
So we know you're going to love this interview. Please let us know what you think. Join our Facebook group. Let us know. DM us on Instagram. Email us. We love hearing from you guys. We're so excited to show you this episode. Please enjoy. And you can visit sakara.com, S-A-K-A-R-A, to check out their plant-based meal plans. So Leah on your team, she dropped off um, some Sakara food last night like an angel. <laughs> so I had the tea, um, the carrot tea sandwich for breakfast. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. was that 10 up. p.m. door-to-door service was yeah, insane. Literally. <laughs> I know, she's so sweet, right? She's the sweetest. She's the best. Um, we're so happy to have you on. Thank you so much for making the time. So... We love your story. I know you guys were friends prior to moving to New York. We would love to take it back um, and tell our listeners how you guys met and what inspired you um, to start this business. Sure. Well, like you said, Danielle and I grew up together in Sedona, Arizona. Uh, We've been friends since we were, I think, 12 years old. So we've known each other for longer than we haven't known each other, I guess you could say. (laughs) And, you know, we really, we grew up with a very interesting upbringing, very spiritual, a little bit hippie, um, a little bit. Okay. A lot. (laughs) I guess, I guess when you're growing up that way and everybody is a little bit that way, you don't realize, yeah, you don't realize that you're living in an extreme, um, and how special it really is until you get out of that. And that's, that's really what happened to us. You know, we each moved to New York city for different reasons, Um, Danielle is moving out to school and I'll let her tell you about that. But I moved out to work on Wall Street. So very different from little hippie Sedona town to big New York City. Um, I remember that first day showing up in, in New York and it was just overwhelming. It was so big and the skyscrapers and just everything is moving so fast, um, crazy, busy lifestyle. And so I just kind of fell straight into that, that quick paced, go, go, go type of lifestyle. Um, I was working 80 hour work weeks, going out to eat for just about every meal. I had 15 minutes for lunch to find something. What was I going to eat? And then after work, going out networking, drinking, going out even after that late night um, and late night pizza. And all of these things just started to add up. And I think it was in the first like month or six weeks of moving here, I had gained 15 pounds and had cystic acne all over my face. Um, and I felt like crap, really. You know, that lifestyle had just very quickly taken a toll on my body. And I had battled with acne, I guess, since high school, since just about as long as we've known each other, really. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had tried everything out there. Um, I did all sorts of creams and lights and lasers. You know, I ordered everything off the infomercials. I ordered everything I read about in magazines. I went to so many different dermatologists. They gave me pills and did light treatments, lasers that left scabs on my face, CO2 lasers, and none of it worked. And I just kept going around looking, you know, from one solution to the next solution and finding myself just in the same place with no answer. Um, Even Accutane didn't work. And um, so just finally, you know, at the last time that I was talking to a dermatologist, um, I was sitting there and I had this voice inside of me that said, you know, you need to go inside and find the root cause. What is actually creating all of these symptoms that you're experiencing? Go in and treat that and all of this will go away. And so that put me on my search, on my journey to figure out what that was. Yeah, and it was perfect timing because I was so on a search and a journey. And at the time we were roommates in downtown New York City. And I moved to New York to study medicine. I was studying pre-med and I had been battling with pretty severe body image issues since I was a young girl, which led me to yo-yo dieting, which led to one diet just becoming more extreme than the one before that one. Until finally, um, I did a 21 day retreat in Southern Arizona and the first seven days were a water fast. And I got really, really, really sick from it. Mm. Uh, 
I realized I had just hopped from one diet to the next, searching for this body that I thought I didn't have. And food had become the enemy for me. And I was so excited to go to this 21 day retreat where I didn't have to eat. Um, and you know, my body just rebelled and I ended up in the hospital and that was my, you know, my big aha moment where I thought, how did I, how did I let it come to this where food is the enemy and I'm not thinking about nutrients or nourishment. I'm just counting calories and carbs and pounds and points. And, you know, here I am. And so I was just about to go to med school and that's when I decided to change tracks and study nutrition instead and realize I had so much healing to do for myself around food. Um, so when Ian and I came together, this was about mm-hmm. the exact same time. And we said, we know from our upbringing that, you know, food is medicine. And how do we get back to that? Because it was really hard to do it for ourselves, you know, working in the city, um, you know, who has time to like cook breakfast, lunch, and dinner and think about, you know, are you getting all the nutrients that you need? Mm-hmm. So we took, um, we started by saying, you know, what is the, what is the best way to eat? What is the healthiest way to eat? So we pulled all the science I was learning about in school, you know, the study of epigenetics and nutrigenomics, you know, how your food, your nutrition and your environment affect which genes are turned on and off. Um, so they say, you know, your genes are the loaded gun, but your environment and your nutrition are what pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, pulling that kind of science and then also more the more spiritual aspects of food. So, you know, what have people been talking about for thousands of years? You know, the study of Ayurvedic um, practices and macrobiotics. And from all that research and talking to experts, we came up with what we now call our nine pillars of nutrition. And we came up with a meal system for each other based on those pillars. And, you know, it wasn't a business at the time. It was just, we were just (laughs) trying to fix ourselves. So we, you know, we made recipes based on the pillars and ate that way for a couple weeks. And the results we ourselves as guinea pigs, really. Yeah, spent our entire lives like in the grocery store or in the kitchen. And, um, you know, within two weeks, the, the results were just so transformative that we knew we couldn't keep it to ourselves. Yeah, we we're really on to something. I mean, for me, it was the only thing after almost a decade of trying to find a solution for my acne that my skin finally started clearing up. And what I realized through this process was I didn't really have a skin problem. I had a gut problem. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've been trying to treat it from the outside with all these things, but it, you know, it all starts in your gut. Yeah. And for me, my transition was really going from thinking that food was the enemy and that I had to count calories and less is always more or always better (laughs) to going to, you know, if food is about nourishment, then you actually have to worry about getting enough every single day. And that switch is really what helped me change my relationship to my food and and my body. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, people ask like, what did you guys do? You look different. You're acting different. (laughs) And so we told them that that's how we got our first few clients. And so Whitney and I would cook and deliver on our bicycles. And that's how we started. That was back in 2012. Yeah. Wow. Um, I can't believe it's been that long already. <laughs> now we have um, about 80 employees and we have a kitchen in New York and LA, as well as offices on both coasts. And we deliver to all 48 states, continental states. Wow. Yeah. We've delivered over a million meals. That's can you amazing. That? And can you, so you mentioned something about um, when you guys came together and you started to do the research to kind of find what's the best diet, what's going to be um, mm-hmm. healthiest, what's going to be the best for your body. Can you talk about the research process and what were the sources that you sought and a little bit more about the epigenetics piece? Because I've actually never heard that word before. Oh, amazing. We love to talk about this stuff. We love to teach people more about epigenetics and the microbiome. Um, Do you know much about the microbiome? I know a little bit, you know, like the podcast knowledge of it, where people (laughs) are talking about it on podcasts now. But I think it'd be important if you could um, go as deep as possible for people that are listening and that don't know it. Yeah, this is one of our favorite things to talk about because, and if we get to tell people about it for the first time, that makes us even more excited because this information, this, the knowledge and study and what we're going to gain from studying the microbiome in the future 
is just going to be, it's, it's the future of health and medicine really. Um, so do you want to talk a little bit about? Sure. Yeah. So the microbiome is the six pounds of bacteria that's living in your gut. It's also living on your skin, but most of it's in, in your gut. And you have more bacteria cells than you do human cells, 10 to 1. So technically, we're all more bacteria than we are human. And you know these bacteria cells are dictating every aspect of our health from our mood, our hormones, how well we sleep, you know, which um, nutrients we take in from our food and how we assimilate those nutrients. So it's really dictating everything. And, you know, we used to think that, you know, what you think and how you feel is in the brain, but 95% of serotonin is actually made in the gut. So the science that's coming out is just completely changing the way that we think about medicine. And it's also, you know, confirming our theory that, you know, medicine starts on your plate because the only thing that keeps your microbes happy is eating the right food. And what they eat is prebiotic fiber, which is plant fiber. So Mm -hmm. it's the fiber that we don't digest, but it's actually the food for them. Yeah. It's, you can kind of think about it as like, you have these little pets living inside of you and you have to keep them fed and water. (laughs) I could do that. Little Tamagotchi's in your belly. (laughs) Gotta feed them. (laughs) Yeah. Six pounds of pets. Um, Trillions of pets. Yeah. But you know, a lot of the food that we eat, we actually don't digest and absorb ourselves as a body. It goes to feed that bacteria and that bacteria eats the food and then produces things that we need. It's a symbiotic relationship. So it produces enzymes and different types of vitamins, like vitamin K. Yeah. And so you can imagine that eating the right food promotes and helps you know the right bacteria thrive, but you can also imagine that eating the wrong food helps the bad bacteria thrive. Mm. So you know, we, we like to call it brain hijacking, but really it's gut hijacking. Mm-hmm. So, you know, eating the wrong types of foods promote the wrong types of colonies, which therefore can affect how you sleep, how you think, how happy you are, mm-hmm. your sex drive, your fertility, everything. So, you know, our theory is always that, you know, you are what you do the majority of the time. So we don't have any rules like there's a no list. There's, we don't have a no list of what we don't eat. What we believe is that, you know, you should try and eat as many plants as you can, as often as you can, because that is really what's, you know, promoting health. And then when your body is really healthy, when you feel like you've created your best body, it can handle the martinis, <laughs> French fries, you know, from time to time. And, you know, it's, it's without guilt. Um, we don't call it, you know, splurging. It's just living life. We call it the joy factor. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. so true. And and I think a lot of people, um, I just went home back to the East Coast and, um, you know, being around friends and family in my hometown, I think a lot of people don't know that they feel like crap, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, they sure. just don't know. And I think for so long they've been maybe dealing with, well, I just have always had a bad stomach or mm-hmm. I've, I've always been kind of lethargic and tired mm-hmm. or I've always, I've never really had a sex drive. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for, yeah. for someone, you know, who is dealing with that or not knowing they're dealing with that, what would be a like maybe first few steps or like little health life hacks to get them you know, on the right track or centered or feeling in their body finally, just a few first steps that could kind of jumpstart that. Sure. You're, you're definitely right because there are so many different um, illnesses and um, symptoms that are triggered by food. You know, you, like you touched on being lethargic, my acne, and even anxiety, anxiety and depression those can be triggered by eating um, the wrong diet also. Yeah, so one of the tips that we like to talk about is um, making sure that you're getting enough leafy greens every single day. And what it does is, one, it provides the plant fiber. It provides incredible like detoxing ingredients like chlorophyll. Um, it's hydrating, which we like to talk about eating your water. Um, and that's sort of how you get the ultimate hydration. But more importantly, I think it's helpful for people because it tends to crowd out the bad stuff. So, you know, we say that the more that you can get of the good stuff, the less hungry you'll be. And so it just sort of automatically crowds out the bad stuff. And it doesn't mean that you have to stop eating, you know, sort of what you're used to. It's just that if you can promise yourself, you'll get 
you know, six cups of greens every single day, most people find that then there's a little less room for the other stuff. And then, you know, what I always say is people are walking around being okay with just feeling okay. Mm -hmm. And if you can just slowly start to make changes and Mm -hmm. substitute whole, fresh, organic plants for a few meals, you will start to feel and notice a change. And that's really inspiring. Mm -hmm. And it inspires you to then do it a little more often Mm -hmm. and then a little more often until, you know, the veil and the cloud really starts to, you know, move and you start to feel like yourself. Yeah. I think it's also when you start getting to see some of those results in the mirror too, mm-hmm. when you notice that your skin looks better and that you're starting to really get that glow, that your eyes are brighter and whiter and more alert looking, that you have more energy. Um, yeah. That your hormones are more regulated. Maybe you didn't even realize that your menstrual cycle was off, mm-hmm. but that's, that's one of your vital signs, you know, just like you should be peeing every day and pooping every day, which even some people don't do that regularly, but those are your vital signs or is everything functioning regularly. And if they're not, then, you know, that's something that's like your check engine light saying, okay, something is wrong. We need to look at it and, um, start making the steps to, to change it. And, uh, yeah, starting with leafy greens, is, is definitely where we tell people to start. Even just, you know, put them into your morning smoothie, add them to your morning smoothie. If you already do a smoothie in the morning, put them into, if you're eating a sandwich for lunch, add them into your sandwich, a big bunch of arugula or, you know, some butterleaf lettuce. Um, if you're making a soup for dinner, stir some nice spinach into it. Like any way that you can to start adding more leafy greens into your diet is going to help. I love that. And I think that leads in a little bit to my question. Um, I'm plant-based, so I'm I'm vegan. And that's a lot of the reason why I really love Saqqara. And I know that when I say the word vegan, it can be a little loaded. So I always say it with a a little, you know, joke or something like that after. But can you talk about the reasoning behind Saqqara being plant-based and kind of the research behind it that you were finding related to the benefits to um, your hormones and your microbiome? Sure. And so when we say plant-based, it's a little bit different for us Mm -hmm. than um, vegan because for us, vegan means you don't eat meat and at all or any animal products. Whereas plant-based for us, how we view the word is that we base our diet off of plants. Mm -hmm. And then we're not put into a box of restriction where if we want to eat some some meat or some eggs, perhaps some cheese on our pizza, then all of a sudden it's a a bad thing. But, you know, there is no restriction in what we, in what we promote. There's, it's just around getting more plants into your diet. Yeah. And I also think for us, you know, we wanted people to still be able to make a lot of choices for themselves, but what we're doing is we're providing, you know, this base, this foundation. And we know for a fact that if you eat this way, you will feel better than when you started. And so, you know, that's really our main goal. I think the choices, if you eat with us five days a week, the choices that you make sort of on the weekends, you know, we give you guides and we say, you know, this is what we do, or maybe try Mm -hmm. this, but you know, if you make other choices, I think the most important thing, especially, you know, with my background and yo-yo dieting, I wanted to make sure people didn't feel like they were on a diet. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure people didn't, you know, get to the t- table and feel guilty and wonder how many calories were in the French fries and crave those, but really just order a side salad and, mm-hmm. and think about French fries all night. <laughs> you know, there are a lot of studies that link this notion of um, stress and overthinking and sort of stewing over things are linked to shortened telomeres. So they're actually linked to the aging process. So the telomeres are the like this code of DNA that's at the ends of your DNA, and they're what keep your DNA safe. And over time, as our cells replicate and replicate and replicate, those telomeres get shorter and shorter. And you know we think that that's one part of aging. And 
one thing that accelerates that is this notion of stress and what they they quoted as stewing over things. So I, you know, I really wanted to make sure that that was something that people could let go of or like these neuroses around food to have this sense of freedom around food where Mm -hmm. you know what you're eating, you know, every day and you know that it's good for you and you don't have to think about it It just shows up in your fridge and you just have eat it. You don't, there's no calories on the box. There's no, you know, grams of fat or sugar or salt or anything you know, you, there's a lot of trust that you have to have in us, but then hopefully what that does is it uh, gives you this sense of freedom. So by the time you are at the dinner table on Saturday night, you still have that sort of relationship to food and you just order what you're craving instead of overthinking it. And then you, you know, age more slowly. (laughs) All all the science out there really is pointing to plants as the secret to anti-aging. You know, Different fruits and vegetables have phytochemicals, phytonutrients, um, nutrients that only can be found in plants. So you're not going to find it in a box of crackers at the grocery store um, or you know, in other processed foods. Um, you're only going to find these phytonutrients in plants. And some of these phytonutrients have been linked to um, you know, being anti-cancer, that they'll help fight cancer. They'll help fight aging. They're going to go in and fight fight off free radicals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, help detoxify your body and and support your natural your body's natural detoxification systems. Um, so you know, when we talk about epigenetics and it being the study around how your food and environment um, affect which genes are turned on and turned off in your body uh, daily. Uh, toxins just in your environment are is one piece of that puzzle and can and be one of the triggers. So eating foods that are that help support the body's natural detoxification system can help um, fight against those toxins. Yeah, and you know, eighty percent of Americans are not getting enough fiber every single day, and that's the one thing that your microbiome eats, mm-hmm. and so that's number one deterrent to your health. And so we know, we knew when we started Sakara and when we started, you know, developing our nutrition pillars, we knew that and we knew, you know, it's hard to make sure you're getting enough vegetables every single day. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to do it for yourself. It's really hard to do it out in the world um, to make sure you're getting high quality organic plants. Mm-hmm. And so we thought, you know, if we could just provide that part, then we'd be helping 80% of America. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all the science just points toward making sure you're getting enough of these, you know, plant chemicals that Whitney was talking about, these phytonutrients, these flavonoids, making sure you're getting enough of those, making sure you're getting enough of the plant fiber every single day mm-hmm. and that the results are transformative. Yeah. We work with a, a doctor in Washington, D.C. Um, named Robin Chutkin. She has a book called The Microbiome Solution, which is an amazing book. I recommend that everybody read it. Um, we keep it almost, you know, like one of our Bibles on our desk that we look to and refer to. Um, but she, she's a, a gastroenterologist out in, in DC and she is doing amazing work with her clients, her patients. I mean, um, helping treat them through food. She puts a lot of patients on her program and through probiotics, um, but is really challenging the way that Western medicine uh, views health and and how we treat patients, how we treat people, these illnesses, um, and saying, you know, we really need to be looking at gut health and the microbiome um, and starting there. And so it's just, it's, it's a really interesting field and um, study right now. And we're just going to continue to learn so much more, but it's, that's the place that we need to be starting really to treat anything. And that bacteria, um, like Danielle said, eats plants. Yeah, actually, Dr. Robin Chetkin has an amazing quote, and I can just tell it to you right now. She said, if you asked me to recommend the one thing that would have the biggest impact on the health of your gut and skin, it would be to eat as many leafy green vegetables as you can. If you want to encourage the growth of good bacteria, heal inflammation, improve motility, crowd out parasites, eliminate yeast, get rid of belly fat, balance your pH, quiet irritable bowel syndrome, cut your risk of colon cancer in half, boost your energy, lose weight, banish your bloat, 
and really glow from the inside out, then the single most important thing you need to do is eat greens every single day. Leafy greens are the embodiment of food as medicine. Mm. Yep. And she says, you don't have to like them. You just have to eat them. (laughs) So true. I was was talking to my dad about that because my dad, quote unquote, hates vegetables. (laughs) And it's, I'm like, dad, you don't have to love it. But Mm -hmm. I think once people start feeling the results or seeing the results, then they make the connection. It's like connecting the dots for them. And it could be that simple, you know, and um, it's hard. You know, I, I hear it all the time from people. I just, I don't like salads. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't, sometimes I don't love it either, but like, I know how I feel when I eat it and I feel better than when I eat like, you know, a cheeseburger, you know what I mean? So I feel like two people really want to complicate things. So if you were to tell Americans or people like, just eat more vegetables, (laughs) it's like, no, no, no. You know, that's too simple. That's too easy. There has to be a macro number that I need, or there has to be like a carb number that I need or something I need to take or something like that. So it's oftentimes people want to overcomplicate things and kind of put those barriers in place from them actually feeling better. But it's really the more simple things, you know, eat more vegetables, eat more slowly, eat intuitively, eat into your full that are really going to make the difference. But it's almost like it's just, it's too easy. <laughs> talk about this all the time. I know we, we talk, we say, you know, people like to fine tune before they've then mm-hmm. changed their diet for the better. So like they're obsessed with, oh, you know, have you taken the allergy test? I think I might be slightly, you know, sensitive to strawberries. <laughs> and yes. I'm like, girl, I just saw you drink a bottle of champagne and yesterday <laughs> drink a huge ice cream. <laughs> I was with you and that's all good, but don't come to me and say you might take out strawberries out of your diet. Like and like find- I might be allergic to strawberries and you're like, you just popped like two Adderalls. Yeah. <laughs> like, what exactly. I'm like, look, it doesn't have to be complicated. Just base your diet off of plants. And you know, it's not easy to do, but those are the mm-hmm. things that, you know, really change your body. And then sure, go after the ice cream and the champagne, do what you need to do, but just don't come to me and say that you're going to like eat less strawberries. Yeah. You yeah. yeah. Are like hot in LA now. Um, can you talk quickly about, you've mentioned twice the nine pillars. Can you kind of talk us through those? Sure. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> well, you know, the the first part is, like we said, you know, starting with all organic, whole foods. And that's just kind of the basis of all of the pillars, um, is that that's where you want to start. You want to make sure you're eating real food, not man-made food. Make sure that it's organic so that it's not, um, you know, filled with pesticides that could be affecting your microbiome or collecting as a toxin in your body. So just reducing the amount of toxin toxin overload in your body. Um, um, yeah, so our, our pillars, so the one that we like to talk about, obviously a lot is eat your greens, which we covered. Mm-hmm. Um, eat your water is another one that uh, we like to talk about. Now, drinking your water is important, especially for flushing out the system, helping the kidneys, but it's actually eating water-rich produce that really helps your body stay hydrated. Mm-hmm. So think about the water is caught in this web of like when it's in, let's say, you know, a piece of kale, it's caught in this web of chlorophyll and enzymes and minerals. And it's actually, you know, what helps your body absorb the water more slowly and keeps you hydrated for longer. Yeah. And this was so big for me, um, transitioning into living more of the Saqqara life was I thought I was eating really healthy before we both thought we were eating really healthy before, mm-hmm. you know, we were doing avocado toast, um, and <laughs> organic fiber cereals with almond milk and raw trail mixes and, you know, plain organic popcorn. And all of those things are fine and considered healthy, um, individually, but we're just, when that's all you're eating, that's really dehydrating. All of those things are really dehydrating. And we weren't getting that level of hydration into our body through our food. So when you're eating your water, you're eating fruits and vegetables that are 90% water content or more. 
So your cucumbers, your melons, leafy greens, things, you know, blueberries, things like that, that are going to help rehydrate your system and, and just flood your body with that hydration water that you need. And, you know, I, I was, I didn't realize, but I was very constipated. Um, and I just, I thought it was normal. Um, and eating more hydrating foods like this helped me become regular, which changed everything. Yeah. Changes yeah. the bloat, it changes your mood, mm-hmm. um, it changed my skin. And this is one of the keys for me. Yeah. So and, another pillar that we really like to talk about is plant protein because it's a question that we get all the time. Like, I'm sure you guys get this all the time if you're vegan, but it's like, well, where do you get your protein? All the time. And, That's my number one question. <laughs> like, no one's worried about my next meal. <laughs> yeah, like, where did we get this idea that protein comes from meat? I mean, I'm guessing literally, it's the meat. Literally. <laughs> But, like, I just don't understand. I mean, elephants, like, rhinoceros, like, they're, like, some of the biggest animals, and they're herbivores. <laughs> like, it's, mm-hmm. it's just, like, I don't know where it happens. They're doing just fine. But, you know, we talk about the importance of getting, you know, plant protein that's highly bioavailable. It's alkalizing. And, you know, it, the key is making sure you're getting the variety of plants into your diet every single day. So, yeah, if you're just eating kale all day, then, you know, that's probably not enough variety of nutrients and amino acids to make complete enough complete proteins every single day and week. But if you're getting the variety of plants, that's the key. And, you know, plants are filled with amino acids, which are the building blocks to protein. So even if you're getting your protein from meat sources, like most people think they should, your body actually has to break it down into its individual amino acids. It's not like protein from your burger slaps onto your bicep and becomes a muscle, you know, your body has to break it down into its components, which are amino acids. And those amino acids are what are actually found in plants. So on a day of Saqqara, on average, you get about 40% more protein than is required daily. And people are shocked by this number. <laughs> They're like, what is there, like soy or tempeh in there? We're like, no, it's just, it's, it's plants. You know, yeah. kale, like greens have protein. But, our, you know, our menus are rotating all the time. Every, you know, you can order and eat every single day of the week with us and or of the month and not see the same thing twice in the month. Um, we're just, you know, putting in so many different types of ingredients. In a month, you'll see close to 400 different types of ingredients, different plants, nuts, seeds, fruits, vegetables, different plant oils. Um, and that variety is or is going to help not just give you all the different amino acids, but different types of nutrients too, which kind of brings us into the next um, pillar of eating the rainbow. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, just making sure you're getting that variety. It's just an easy way to look at your plate and say, you know, am I getting enough colors every single day, which, you know, colors equal nutrients. And, you know, this one I really love because it sounds simple, but Really, I think one of the sort of uphill battles we have with serving a plant-based menu is helping people understand that food does not equal calories. Like you're not eating food for energy, you're eating food for information. Then this information is actually what's telling your body how to act, how to heal, what to do. And so it's not just calorie in, calorie out to give you energy. So making sure you're getting all the colors of the rainbow, all the nutrients is really important in making sure you're getting the right information into your body. Mm-hmm. And that's one of our, our pillars too, is no calorie counting. Um, you know, we don't share the caloric information on our meals and sometimes that drives clients crazy, but really we want to get down to what are you, what are you trying to figure out by this calorie number? Mm-hmm. Are you going to lose weight? Are you scared you're going to be hungry? Um, you know, what, what type of information are you trying to get from knowing the calories? And then let's talk about that because calories are just a metric of energy, not a metric of the nutrition it's going to provide for your body necessarily. Um, so it's, it's the wrong number to be looking at. And with this information around the microbiome, what we're seeing is that, um, based on your gut bacteria, you you abs- it's the gut bacteria itself that determines how many calories you're actually going to use or absorb and how many your body just passes on. So 
you and I could eat the same food. And if we have different gut bacteria makeups, absorb different amounts of calories from that meal, even though we ate the same thing, if that makes sense. Mm, Yeah. I love that you don't share the calories. I think people like look outward to get those answers. Okay. So if I have that many calories and then for the rest of the day, I can have this many calories instead of turning inward and just asking themselves whether it's after they eat um, or later in the day, how they feel. Like, how do I feel? I feel energized. I feel clear. I feel full. Um, Yeah. I, I think people, especially when you're in a major city like New York, like LA, and, and it's really loud, um, in general, um, whether it's, you know, your work is, is go, 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 or you're outside and literally it's very loud and you just, mm-hmm. you don't take a moment to turn inward and just ask yourself how you feel. So I love that you don't do that. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like a lot of times too, numbers with calories or weight or anything like that related to food is just a way to judge yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, I ate this 300 calorie breakfast and now I'm going to go have a 500 calorie lunch and then a 500 calorie dinner. And okay, I did all of those things. I'm doing great today. I'm a good person. I'm like on my way. Or if you're off your path, it's just a way to judge yourself in a negative way. So, um, mm-hmm. I think that's really beautiful too. Yeah. And, you know, I always like to say, like, I, I, I can't even imagine how many hours I spent thinking about food and calories. And mm. I feel like I could speak seven languages by now. Oh my <laughs> I say that all the time. I'm like, I don't think you're a cancer. <laughs> Something else. Jeez. It's like, Vinny and I wanted to do this campaign for Sakara, which was like, what could you do with your lunch hour other than over food? So like, if you get Sakara delivered, you know, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to go out and get anything. You don't have to spend the time doing that. So what can you do with that time? Like, you know, you could learn mm. to play instrument. You could, I don't know, just like, what, are, how do you optimize your time in a, in an era where we're so obsessed with food? Mm-hmm. That, that makes me think, I mean, so meal delivery, I mean, it's amazing. I think, and especially Krista, um, I know that, um, she works, uh, a full day, nine to five on top of everything else that she does. And meal delivery has changed the game for you. But I just think in general, it creates literally a couple hours. Mm -hmm. Um, So for you to personally, if you have like, you know, 15, 30 minutes free in your schedule, if that opens up because you've been able to, you know, obviously have your meal, what what is something that you girls do um, in that free time that's really productive for the rest of your day or just for you centering yourself? Well, I feel like self-care always gets put to the last thing on the to-do list. It's like, well, if I have time today, maybe I can make it to yoga or, oh, I, I didn't have, I couldn't find time to meditate today. Um, and really those are the things that are going to help you be more um, efficient at work, more caring in your relationships, uh, keep your body strong and balanced and healthy and energized so that then you can, you know, be better at what you do everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, for me, not having to make the trip to the grocery store and, uh, you know, think about what recipe I'm going to make and then go home and cook it and clean up after and all of these types of things just frees up so much more time that then I can use to, go to a yoga class, um, or, you know, which is really great for me just to connect mind, body, breath. And it really helps me center and feel like myself, um, or even just spend it with my husband. He has a very busy life too, but if we don't have to worry about food, then we're able to have that time to go do something fun together. Yeah. I love that. thinking I would love to and I know we just touched on this like and it was kind of what led you talk about the campaign what would you do with your lunch hour which I'm obsessed with you need to do that um 
Can you guys talk about how, you know, from the beginning, being on Wall Street and being having cystic acne and kind of not feeling well and then creating this business, can you talk about the evolution of your self-talk and kind of like your body image and your relationship with yeah. your body from where you guys began to where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was just thinking about it yesterday. Um, we are, you know, a big part of what we tried to do with Sakara is to help empower you and feel like your best self through the power of food as medicine. And I was thinking about how five years ago, even less than that, I, I wouldn't leave the house without makeup on mm-hmm. and going makeup shopping. Um, even just like going into Sephora was kind of a traumatic experience because I would have to look at myself in the mirror and I would ask them, the people there for help. Oh, you know, can you help me find a foundation that can really just cover all of this up? And I had a lot of self dislike, a lot of self hate, um, a lot of negative self-talk of being not good enough. Um, and it's amazing now you know, I'm not wearing makeup today. Um, I'm, <laughs> you know, I, I, and I never thought that I would get to that place. I thought it just wasn't possible after so many years of trying everything, even acupuncture, you know, lying there on the table, getting needles put into me all over. Um, I, I literally tried everything and nothing worked. And, um, I never thought it would be possible to feel good in my skin and be able to walk out without makeup on. And now I do. And it's just, it makes me feel more empowered than in my work and in my relationships. Um, it, it really transformed the way that I think about myself and, and how I act in the world. Yeah, I would say for me, probably the biggest transition was, um, I guess, just feeling really good and powerful in my body. I think how we exist in our bodies, how we exist in life. And, you know, I was walking around beforehand feeling like, you know, I wasn't good enough. I wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't fit enough, whatever it was. And so it just, it completely consumed my thought, my thoughts. And it, you know, obviously made me feel like I wasn't good enough. So I was walking around with low self-esteem And all of those things impact every aspect of your life. I think it's easy to pretend, especially for me at the time, it was easy to pretend like it was only affecting me and, you know, no one else could tell. And, but, you know, the way we carry ourselves, like everyone sees that. Mm -hmm. And so the transition for me was really just one coming to terms with, you know, my body and that I had to nourish it for it to sort of look good and feel good. Like I couldn't go the other way around. Mm. Um, and that that in turn empowered me to feel really good in my body, which changed, you know, just like Whitney said, it changed how I felt like my self-confidence and how I acted in life and how I acted in my career and my love life. So it really just has this cascade reaction. Yeah. And that's what I think I've noticed the most with, um, eating better and being more grounded and focusing on nourishing foods for my body is how much it is. It starts for me physically. It starts for me as a physical thing. So I want to look better. or I want to be a certain weight, but realizing all the changes that it's had in my life um, outside of just how I look is like blows my mind. So like Lindsay, I was home in the Midwest recently and it was kind of hard to see everyone not eating well or kind of eating mindlessly or eating whatever's around them and knowing that it's affecting more than just how they look. It's affecting their relationships. It's affecting their mood. It's affecting um, their personality. Like I do feel like it's completely changed my personality to not have as much sugar, have more plans. I'm more stable. I'm more present and my energy levels are more consistent so I can show up every single day. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Keeping that blood sugar stable is really, um, it can, you don't realize that you're moody, that it, that it's coming from your food, that from what you're eating or not eating. Um, but that's, that's such a, a big part of it. It's just like keeping your blood sugar levels stable throughout the day, um, can make you happier. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. And just a request from me. Can you um, open up a Sakara Life in every airport in yeah, the U.S.? Literally. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was oh, in the no, Chicago airport. Crazy. And they, they like, uh, like San, Fr- no. oh. San Francisco is, is pretty good with food. And I, mm-hmm. I'm sure a few other airports are. But it literally makes me both mad and sad that like mm-hmm. people aren't provided or given the opportunity in an airport like convenient way to nourish their bodies before hopping on a plane that's going to dehydrate them make them anxious anyway and and mm-hmm. you're going to be in close quarters with people how about you know what i mean so it's just true. i don't understand it you're already paying $25 for a salad in an airport mm-hmm. like please I don't know. It's that just like, it blew insane. my mind. So anyway, that's my request. <laughs> no. It's, we're with you on yeah, that we're one. With you. It's in the pipeline. We'll get there. Okay. <laughs> um, we, we just, we take our meals. We pack them with yes, us. Yes, yes, We get some weird looks from the TSA, but. When we put our, our boxes up, in the other, <laughs> the other day I had my crystals in my bag and they searched oh, my yeah. bag and I had to put each crystal on the bag. <laughs> So on the belt was like five crystals in a row that had to go by themselves through fucking TSA. I was like, oh my God. My little crystals right in the belt. When I was coming back from LA, I had a big uh, crystal in my bag also. And um, the guy searched my bag and he's like, what is this? And I said, it's a crystal. And he said, what is it for? I said, it was a gift to put on my love altar. And he just looked at me like, all right. Yep. <laughs> Go like, ahead. You're drawn to He's it, like, dude. You should get one of these. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason why you asked. <laughs> oh. Exactly. Um, but he was just like, love altar? All right, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you're like, peace. Get her out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just to shift gears, just uh, the last few questions. We wanted to talk about um, you both as entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Um, So inspiring, by the way. And Kristen and I, having lived in New York, and I know you have just roots in Arizona and us coming out to LA and kind of picking up that life of being, you know, super Mm -hmm. spiritual and grounded and and plant-based and all of that. But um, a lot of our listeners um, find themselves being pulled to a passion Um, but they often like fight it because the path they're currently on is either financially stable or just safe and everyone approves of it. And it's just kind of like what they were told to do or what they think they should do. So Mm -hmm. if, if someone's pulled to something, um, what do you recommend or what do you suggest that they do in order to take their first few steps or what were your first few steps in this? Well, for me, you know, sometimes I I think about um, my transition and, you know, I was working on Wall Street and then we went through the Great Recession and everybody was losing their jobs. And sometimes I feel like that happened just for me because I wasn't on my right path. And if things had been perfect and I, you know, was in a great career on Wall Street, I, I could have just stayed there and been like you're talking about in this golden cage of wishing I was doing something else, but feeling financially stable in the job that I'm in or something like that. Um, but really like the whole world was shaking for me saying like, this is not your path. You can't be doing this. And, and gave me the opportunity to, um, to try something else and do what I really wanted to do. So, you know, it was like, it wasn't even an option for me Mm. to continue what I was doing. It was everything around me, all the different signs was just pushing me to do this. Um, Yeah. But even that was a risk. Yeah. I think for, for me, the way I think about it is, you know, you have to be willing to take huge risks. And I, I like to call it cliff diving. And, you know, we still have to go cliff diving, mm-hmm. like, even though we're at this size now, like there's still huge risks that we have to take. And you kind of just have to accept that, you know, you've chosen a risky path and, you know, that even trying is success. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that the other thing that, that was really helpful for me early on was deciding that success was not my success, that 
that the success of Sakara was making sure we were impacting lives. And so I think everybody needs to find their version of that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that it, it can't be about you. You know, it has to be, how are you impacting the world? Because that's, what's going to, that's, what's going to keep you motivated when things get really, really hard. Because you they know, do. When, when we're, you know, in the kitchen till 4am and then the delivery drivers didn't show up. So then we're delivering from four till noon and, you know, have our hair and coconut flour on our faces and, you know, just have been up for 48 hours and answering emails and, you know, it gets really, really, really hard sometimes. But then we'd get a testimonial that would talk about how eating Sakara for five days completely changed someone's life mm-hmm. or their life, help them heal from, um, an autoimmune disease or, you know, dealing with infertility. And, you know, it it just took the pressure off of me having to be successful. And I was just on a mission to make sure that that I, my work was impacting somebody, just even one person. Yeah. And I think you do going back to that risk for reward where the amount that you put into risk, I feel like what you, what you put in is what you're going to get out. So you have to be willing to give something in order to receive something. And if you always do just what you're doing, it's always going to stay the same. Mm. If you change, then you got to do something different. And that can be scary, but that's, that's the only way to, to make it happen. That was so, yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. I love, um, and with your story too, of when, you know, everything kind of crashed in Wall Street, it wasn't, you know, all these, it was kind of the perfect storm leading you to the situation, but a lot of times it's not what happens to you, it's what you do with it. So you kind of Absolutely. taking that as a sign and taking it in stride and then you guys coming together and building this amazing business um, that serves others and focuses on helping others is amazing. And I think that that is like gold advice Mm. for women and entrepreneurs and people that are looking to start their own business, that it needs to, yes, be a passion that fills you up and that lights you up, but also too, it needs to be a passion that serves other people and you need to focus on the service part. um, And that's when you're going to have a successful business. Yeah, absolutely. It feels like the most, you know, I was just having this conversation yesterday with someone how we're living in this time where work is supposed to be about your passion. Yeah. And that's, that's just not like through the history of humanity. That's not how we've typically thought about work. Work was what you did to take care of your family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you went and then you left and that's just sort of what you did. And so I think there's so much pressure for people to say like, this is what I'm passionate about. So I want to start a business. You know, that might not be the way that you find what your work or your service should be. You know, for Whitney and I, we certainly weren't, like passionate about kale. It just was like, you know, what happened was that we turned our mess into our mission. And so that the mission just really became obvious because we had so much work to do around it. And we figured there were just thousands, if not millions of other people that had similar work to do. And if we could help them do that, that'd be great. But I think, you know, sitting down and saying, you know, what's our passion and therefore what's our business might not be the best way to Mm -hmm. find where your service is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> um, okay, last question for me, and then we just have one more. I want to talk about what's next for Sakar. Um, we needed to talk about your branding. Yeah, it's everything. <laughs> everything under the sun. Like, it's clean, it's sexy, it's forward, it's like you. Like, when you see every single thing that is from your brand, you understand that it's you. You understand that it's you two girls, but you understand what you're getting and what's amazing about it. So how did you guys work on your branding or what was your vision for that? Well, first, thank you. (laughs) We're so, you know how sometimes you're so in it, you don't, you can't see it. So it's nice to hear that. So thank you. Like, you need to know it's it's so different than anyone else and it makes and it makes me happy because now it draws other people into this like the branding draws people in so your sexy cool branding draws people into eating better and doing better for their body so that's like everything yeah you know we really wanted to make it sexy like we you know we grew up with the hippies like we grew up with a guy that 
you know, said he only ate sunshine. Uh, <laughs> so, lives lives like, in a van down by the like creek, eating sunshine, holding his crystals. Yeah. Yeah. Yours says that, and my dad says, um, <laughs> what are we? I'm, he's a like 100% American. <laughs> like, okay. 100% American. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's the other half of my family. That didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I, I think that, you know, our goal was really to try and make, you know, this sort of hippie lifestyle sexy because, you know, we were living in New York City and we didn't want to give up that sort of city high fashion lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but we still wanted to understand how to create our best bodies and feel like our best selves. So we tried to really merge the two like you don't have to wear Birkenstocks to eat you know it's okay to shave your armpits and (laughs) eat kale that can also be a fashion statement (laughs) yeah but I think you know one making sure that it it came across as you know almost like more like a fashion brand than a food brand Mm -hmm. was really important to us because you know our clientele was so used to looking at fashion all the time so we thought if we could just blend in with that, then, you know, one, it'd be something they weren't used to seeing because it'd be food related, but then it would kind of be familiar because mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're used to going to like Henry Vendel and Bergdorf and whatnot. So really merging the two. And then I think the other thing is we want to, I know that's kind of strange, but, you know, Whitney and I talk about how this idea of church our generation, you know, just doesn't go like our parents' generation did. Like we don't have that sense of community in the same way. And so, you know, we wanted to kind of be a new kind of church, not a religion, but like a a community-based way of thinking that, you know, if you are what you eat and what you eat impacts your thoughts and there's a group of people all sort of eating, you know, the same thing together, that, you know, can we really create this community um, based way of thinking, uh, and support each other, you know, through various transitions and ups and downs. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to make sure that the branding was sexy, but also welcoming. Yeah. Yeah. And when it comes to vegetables, it's just like what you're saying. And I'm glad you picked up on that, but we did want to create a brand that, um, seduced people into eating their vegetables because it's not always the sexiest thing, but we try to make it fun and sexy so that you feel good doing it and that you stay inspired to continue to eat your vegetables. Because as you get older, you don't have your mom there saying, you know, sitting in front of you saying, eat your spinach. So, you know, we try to make it fun and continue to inspire you every single day to eat more vegetables. It's so smart and so sexy, and we're obsessed with it. So thank you for doing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so last question: What are you girls excited about for um, Sakara in the next year? Mm, we have a lot going on. Sure. Yeah, I think you know. For me personally, I'm really excited for people to discover how they can live the Sakara life above and beyond food. So, you know, we started out as, you know, the foundation, this baseline on how to create your best body, but there are so many other ways to, you know, live the well life or the Sakara life. And we're going to start offering different tools and different products with our same, you know, ethos, which is high quality, organic plant-based and start bringing that into other areas. Other areas of your life in your home, that yeah. type of. Mm-hmm. Can't give you too many details now. No, I'm like, oh my god, home. It's exclusive. <laughs> Whatever it is, I'll buy it. Yeah, done. <laughs> I'm in. We'll be sure to tell you as soon as it all launches. Awesome. Yeah. We have some great things coming. And then I think also, you know, we we are so. Um, there's just still so many people that haven't tried our food, and so. Mm-hmm. You know, just the the mountain that we still have yet to climb I is know. really exciting. Just knowing that there's so many people that, you know, will try our food in the next year that haven't yet. And, you know, will feel like they have sort of a new beginning or a new life. Yeah, because I think that once people try it and they taste it and they're like, wow, eating healthy really can taste good. And eating this way really does make me feel better, makes a difference in my life. Um, 
that then they get hooked on it and they see the value once they do it a few times and how it frees up time in their life, how it gives them a sense of freedom um, and restores their self-confidence, restores balance to their hormones and their mood and all of those different things that, um, you know, they just, they, they really start to see how valuable it really is and that that's where they should be investing um, their time and their money, investing in themselves. And I think especially women, we forget to put ourselves first and we'll spend time and money on everyone else. But it's so important to keep yourself, your body healthy um, and take taken care of first and foremost so that then you can take care of others. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's nodding very hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, thank you so, so, so much for making the time. Um, I know our listeners are going to be obsessed with this one and I cannot wait. Yeah. I know a lot of them have not tried Sakara yet, so I'm really excited for them to try it. Um, they're so open and ready for all mm-hmm. of this like information and, and excited to feel better mm-hmm. they're gonna yeah. love you guys I was I mean this is one of the interviews I was most excited about that we had on the schedule and you guys did not disappoint you were so present mm-hmm. you were so kind you were so well spoken and you guys have a message that I actually not actually haven't heard but like it it was I learned something and this was so great so I'm so thankful that you guys okay. could come on today and I'm so excited to share Sakara with our listeners they're gonna love it yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having us and helping us, you know, on our mission, too. We really appreciate it. Hope spread the word. Yeah. Anytime. Anytime. With this Thank podcast, so too. Much, babes. Great. Have a great rest of your Friday. Thank, <laughs> Thank you so much. Talk to you. Bye. Bye.